Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Sitting back, relaxing, and talking sports with the guys. Hey, we're just men doing manly things. Light up a cigar and have a brew with the starting lineups Tyler Ivins and Eric Kay. For the next 60 minutes, it's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on The Sports Animal. All right, it's another episode of the Gentleman's Hour podcast here on a Tuesday morning in real time. Of course, you can be listening to this anywhere around the world. SportsRadio, WNML.com, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Eric Kane at underscore Kaner. And we, what, what are you doing over there? Wait for you to set me up so we can do this podcast. And at Tyler Ivins on Twitter. He's Tyler Ivins. You just heard from him right there. No John Stancil today. No under, no, no at John underscore Stancil. He'll be back in, uh, he'll be back in the pocket here in the coming days. So, ouch. Can I just say ouch? Yeah, go ahead. I just, dude. I'm going to tell you the same thing I told everybody who was at my place on Saturday for the Tennessee-Florida game. Thanks for that invite, by the way. I didn't expect – I knew you were on the lake. I didn't expect you, – You knew I was on the lake when I called you. No, no. You made a comment to me on Friday. I was just like, beginning of the you're like, yeah, hopefully I can take it in. But we knew you were going to DVR it. So, but that was since 2019. Um, I knew Tennessee wasn't going to win that football game. I did not think they were going to get absolutely brutalized for four quarters of football. There wasn't a single drive, even Mauer's drive that led to three. I did not feel confident about it. Like, okay, yeah, right direction. No. It was a sloppy drive. They were they, they got the benefit of a couple of plays that if a defender for Florida like Florida played their B minus game and still won what is it, thirty four to three? Thirty four to three. Thirty four to three. Yeah. Yeah. They played their B minus game and still won by thirty one points. You had a backup quarterback that did what backup quarterbacks do against Tennessee, Cal Trask, twenty of twenty eight. At one point he was fourteen of sixteen. Uh, 293 pair of touchdowns. He did have two interceptions. Uh, Tennessee. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna unravel this thing. You know, where you know, honestly, man, it's year two. Game four is behind us, and Jeremy Pruitt, uh, his tenure here on the Hill, not off to the best start. I want to touch base on something that we talked about on the morning show. Five and eleven so far. Yeah, it's not off the best start. Players or coaches? You know, who's more to blame? I think that's uh, I think that's a really good topic because obviously you don't want to put a, you know blame on you know eighteen to twenty one year olds, but. When it comes down to it, what is the issue here? Is it poor coaching? You know, Jeremy Pruitt getting paid $4 million a year or $3.8 million a year. You have Jim Chaney, 1.5. Derek Ansley, 1.1, 1. Uh, 1, I believe. Or is it these players just not executing the game plan? I'm talking about the quarterback position. Jerry Garantano was was benched for three series in the uh, second half in favor of Bron Mauer, the true freshman. And again, you just pointed out, Mauer comes in and gets the only three points on the board for Tennessee on the day. Going to rival a lot of you know you know different layers of this onion, and where does Tennessee go from here? It's the off week. It's is it the bye week, the off week, or the open date? Let's settle this right now because I've been oh, saying all here's, three. Here's the problem. I've always thought it was bye. Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah, there are people out there who stick to their guns or their inability to change, or you know what? Not even asking you to change. I'm just asking you to float. You don't have to always argue because you use different grammar or, or a different title to explain things. Idiot, it's the open week. Okay, so I grew up being told that the bye meant that you get 
an additional move. You know, it's like in a tournament. You get a buy in the tournament. It's because you advanced and you did well for yourself. Yeah. You can use open date. You can use bye week. You can use whatever you want to try to describe having a week off. The NFL calls it a bye week. Why doesn't college football call it a bye week? If I tell you Tennessee has an open date, a bye week, what's the third term? Off. Off date? Yeah. Who cares? Same thing. It's their terminology. It's the same thing. So, And I forget his name, and he's emailed me three consecutive years. <laughs> but the gentleman who always shoots me an email when I refer to this week as a bye week, yes, on the schedule it might be known as an open date, but when the University of Tennessee again shoots me an email that has this week's media availability and it says Tennessee's bye week avails, mm-hmm. guess what? I'm going to go on what they say, and I'm going to go on what I know and what I was grown up being taught and what I was to educate myself with. Just like the idiots out there who are like 500 isn't 500. This is how you do 500. No. Okay, that is Stop. the stupidest I don't want to get into it. Sports. I don't want to get into it. But there are some people out there. I can't stand that. But, but our friend, our friend Tyler Wyatt, you know, that's, that's into the wink wink and all that. He said, well, I mean, this is how, this is how we do our numbers. Okay, I'm just like, okay. no, no. It does in sports. In sports. In sports. Yeah. Your your record, if it's five hundred, it's it's as many wins sure. as many losses. It, it, and not to get into that wormhole, but everybody oh, has different that. terminology. Oh. But the fact that I can call it whatever I want, the open date or bye week, and you know it as that, but yet you want to take thirty seconds to try to plant your flag. No. Guess what? The soil is not the soil's firm. Get open week, bye week, Garantano, Garantano. It's all the same damn thing. All right. I'll take all your tomato. I like exactly. that. There you I'll, go. I'll, I'll, I'll Caribbean your Caribbean. I'll caramelize your caramel. That's another one. I always refer to it as the Caribbean. What do you? Uh, see, I've always said the Caribbean. Okay. So, so Pirates of the Caribbean? So that's what's so weird. Okay, yeah, see, yeah. Well, well, see, here's the thing. When I lived in the Midwest, everybody used to give me crap about it all the time. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, no, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. How do they pronounce it on the trailer? Nah. What's, how's it like? This is There's another thing. It's weird. I think I get it from my dad's side of the family from his time up in the north. Um. Uh, What's that thing you lay your head on at night to go to sleep? It is a pillow. Pillow, not a pillow. Not a pillow. No, P-E. That, da- P-E. Down south, I feel like people say, eh, give me a pillow. I say pillow all the time. Uh, what's really? The, what's the white liquid you put in your cereal in the mornings? Milk. Not milk? No, it's milk. No, I feel like that's southern as well. What is, um, oh, I just have one. What is it? Ah, there's so many of these. Last one for me. Anyway. They asked me when I got to the Midwest. They're like, we're going to determine whether or not we make fun of you on this one. And okay. I was like, Okay. Like when you go grocery shopping, what is that thing that you put your items in? Oh, I was like, oh, it's a cart. They're like, thank God you didn't say buggy. Oh, I'll always say buggy. Of course, right. I'm it's a shopping buggy. Cart. It's yeah. a buggy. Excuse me, ma'am. I know you're 82 and you just want to look at the different jams, but could you get your shopping cart out of the way? <laughs> I had a good one. It'll come to me later. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, um, we're going to play a couple of comments that he had post game, you know, revolving around the quarterback position. For the first time, Garantano was bench in favor of Brian Mauer, just said it. Um, you know, I know you and I will talk about it, but just out of the gate, I, I don't, you know, against Georgia, if you start Braun Mauer, in my opinion, you're not giving yourself the best chance to win. I still think Garantano is the best opportunity, opportunistic person under center for this team. Having said that, you continue to make mistakes. You can't blame the coaching staff for trying to get something Absolutely going. Not. And, you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Braun Mauer's 11 pass attempts, one of which he completed to himself, which, again, not a very good thing. Uh, but there were some things I liked about that. Say that to Brett Favre. <laughs> First ever uh, completion was to himself. Uh, they, Marcus Mariota scored a touchdown in the playoffs at Arrowhead. Still one of the coolest plays I've ever seen, also because the Titans covered that day. Hoink. Well, he, he completed the pass to himself. It was batted down. He caught it. Then he flipped into the end zone. It was a pretty cool play. That whole game was just like, wait, what? Tennessee's winning a playoff game on the road and 
The and toughest they got place. chastised the next week for taking yeah, New England like minus 40, 12. Though. And they were like, dude, Titans can do it again. I was like, cool. Let me know how that goes in Foxborough. It's like 40 to 14. Listen, I'll, you know how it is. I, we, Look, we're talking about, about 100 different things besides Tennessee, Florida, because we don't want to get back it, into that massacre. It's just, it is what it is, man. You know, Why I, do we need to revisit the crime scene when there's still blood splattered on the wall? I did I did a hit. I did a radio hit yesterday and um, you know, kind of asked me the same questions. And at the end of it, I was like, man, I'm sorry. I, I hope I helped you. I mean, there's just really not much to take from this game. Tennessee got its butt whipped. Tennessee killed itself in the first half, as, as per usual, almost. And then you saw backup quarterbacks do what it does. You saw Tennessee's secondary just get annihilated. You know, it, it's so funny, too, because I asked you guys, and I did this on purpose because I feel like, like Will and like you, uh, the front seven, I mean, did the front seven play great? No, but I thought they, the front seven played better. When you've played as bad as they've played yeah, for so better. many games, any kind of improvement needs to be highlighted. Yeah, but these. So, and, that's, because, and, and there's some people who are just like, I'll only value it at X level until you reach what each person considers to be a high level of college football. No. They don't want to talk about it. See, I, I don't think that's fair. I think you have to highlight where the improvements are because if said player, blank A, blank B, mm-hmm. if they're a young guy, by the time they're sophomores and juniors, you can look back and go, man, it's incredible that player C in 2021 is leading the SEC in sacks. Look where he was in 20 or in 19 when he couldn't even get through the line of scrimmage without a swim yeah. move or couldn't push anybody over. Man, Greg Emerson's had a hell of a come up. Oh, look at the way Emmett Gooden has improved since tearing his ACL in 19. Mm-hmm. These are the progress reports that we have to create now to see how far they've come later. So I think that's incorrect for anybody out there who doesn't like to play the let's watch them grow game. Yeah, and you know, the, the front seven was improved. I thought uh, as a unit, that front seven played a better game. Still not great, but a better than where it was, as, as you've been pointing out. A lot of that has to do with uh, Ansley and, and Pruitt, you know, bringing a corner. Twice uh, in the first half, Tennessee brought a corner and it allowed that inside linebacker to pick up a sack because the corner was taken off the edge, man, a lot of scrimmage. The blocker opened it up for Petula to come in there. And then again, on the other side, I believe it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too old to, I believe it was Derek Taylor. Taylor. Nonetheless, uh, it it opened some things up as much improved as the front seven was in my opinion. And I still think the interior defensive line, Aubrey Solomon twice had teach tape perfectly. You stand a guy up. You find the ball carrier, you shed, and you make the tackle behind the line of scrimmage. I saw that a couple of times. Greg Emerson pushed his guy back into the face of trash twice that I saw. So I, there's some improvements there. But as much as the front seven improved, in my opinion, still needs to get a better pass rush when you're not bringing a blitz. Man, that secondary was so bad. Bryce Thompson. Overall bad. Individual awards. Like if you, Let's take this moment quickly. Theo Jackson had a pick. Theo Jackson had a pick. Thought he had a, I, thought, I thought Theo Jackson actually had an, a better than average Here's the thing, it was so bad that nobody wants to... It, when things are so bad, you don't mm. ever want to be like, all right, let's look at what at least the good side of it is. No, it's all bad. Yeah. The whole meal was awful. No, the mashed potatoes were pretty good. No, the whole meal was bad. Okay. Theo Jackson... On Tennessee's had, two interceptions it caught, Theo Jackson got one and forced the other. Theo Jackson had a good game. He needs to be commended for his good game. Yeah. Uh, Lotte Taylor had a pick, but he was still part of the reason why Florida was able to move the ball down athletic the field with these. A really athletic pick. I also believe that you can also like. I'm just going to quickly go through players' names, and we can agree to disagree. Not, Warrior. Same stuff, hideous, man. Hideous. Game. Not good. Lotte Taylor could have been better. Yeah. Bryce Thompson. Awful. Awful. Theo Jackson. Good. Thought Theo had a good game. Yeah. And that in your Tennessee. I don't. I don't care. Call me Tennessee Tyler. I know what football is. I know, did I play college football? No. Did I play high school football? Yes. 
do I know by watching football what's right and what's wrong? Mm. Yes, been around it long enough, played it long enough. I know what fundamentals look like. No. I've been that guy where coaches like, do it again till you get it right. Do it again till you get it right. So I know where the front foot is. I know where those things. Am I Ainge? No. Am I you? No. Am I some of the other guys that we get to come through here? No. <laughs> I know the basics. That's why we need players and people like you and other people who can add some of the fine new details. It's like, oh, didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. But when you watch that defense, was there improvement? Yes. But on the other hand, when you look at the secondary, there were a lot of big, there were errors that should not be, be there were errors that should be made, being made, excuse me, as my coffee hasn't kicked in yet. There are errors that should not have been made game four of the year, no matter the location, the opponent, or the time of the game. You know, it's uh, Nigel Warrior, man, like um, a guy that's played a lot of football for Tennessee. He's one of the leaders in the defensive secondary, really, for the team. And you root for him, and I think he's a good inbox player at times. It's just this year, man, I, I've seen more of more of 18 running around chasing somebody. Um, there were so many soft pockets in that secondary. And, again, I think some of that could be credit to the linebackers not sinking deep enough. Uh, Daniel, I think the linebackers have been on the play action way too many times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Batuli, I still think, is a step slow coming back from his knee scope, especially when he's in zone coverage and they do a shallow cross around the middle and he's chasing um, Henry Tuolo at times still doesn't really know like what he's doing, but he's playing so well. Uh, I think he's one of Tennessee's best players. And I'll pause right you now. right there on Batuli. Uh, that's why I think we should be giving Batuli more credit because, yeah, he is coming back from that knee injury and he's trying to get back to 100% playing shape. But all that being said, how many times did we watch Batuli have to approach the line of scrimmage, smack somebody on the butt, get over wrong spot, or, or grab toe toe and say, no, you need to be on the weak side, yep. and he would be out of position mm-hmm. by the time the ball snapped, and then he's delayed to try to trail the tight end. That's an awful position to be in because I've been in there too. Like, you know, telling the guys, your two linebackers beside you what to do every play, and then, you know, you're seeing a big old guy, he's lined up in a five-hour, needs to be in a three, and you go out there and shift him over, and they snap the ball, and it's like, well, I'm done. You know, it's because you're, you're trying so hard to get everybody lined up, then you take yourself out of position. It's tough. But, yeah, yeah a couple times on Saturday you saw that. Uh, more than a couple times. I actually paused the game four times, and eventually my friends were like, we, we're trying to watch the game. And I, Are you DVR in Ivans? I understand this is what we get when we come to your house, but I'm just like, you know what? They're right. So I went to the NFL report, then went home Sunday and rewatched. They'd hate me, man. I take notes when I watch football games. Uh, but anyway, there were so many soft pockets. Uh, Tennessee had a pass rush. And again, Florida's offensive line is probably its weakest point. And Tennessee, for the most part, I thought did an okay job. I mean, the pass rush, again, when you're just rushing four, Got to be better. Tennessee, a lot of the times, had uh, Daryl Taylor and DeAndre Johnson down acting as ends in a 4-3 with Aubrey Solomon and Gooden in there as the interior defensive tackles. There was no DeAndre Johnson or Corvarez Crouch or, or you know, uh, anyone else there, or Latrell Bumpus or anyone else in there. Um, so I found that pr- pretty interesting as well. But the secondary, not a good game. Uh, Bryce Thompson comes back again. Bryce Thompson, uh, Monday morning was his court day, September the 23rd, and it was dropped. The... Uh, the victim in the in the crimes, his girlfriend said that she never felt threatened. She, uh, he never touched her, anything like that. He has an anger issues. He's punched walls in the past, but he never threatened anybody or never punched her or anything. I never laid a hand on her. Let me get the technical here. Uh, so the domestic assault uh, charges were dismissed. So Bryce Thompson essentially is, is good to go for the rest of the year. But he came back to practice two weeks ago, didn't play UTC, made a season debut in the swamp. And I just thought he was winded. I thought uh, a couple of times he was confused on where to go. Uh, I, I thought he was rusty, and I guess that's kind of uh, expected as well. 
But you've got to have 20 playing well because when 20's playing well, he's your best guy in the defensive backfield. You know what? I will agree with you to an extent with that point. I think Bryce Thompson has shown flashes, especially his freshman year, that he could be a top talent in college football, in particular the SEC. <laughs> but my problem with Bryce Thompson is this. We don't know exactly what happened that evening, and I don't think it's fair for us to continue to harp on him, especially now that the allegations uh, have been deemed false, or I should say at least they did not they did not well the defense they didn't come back to haunt him let's just leave it at that yeah, okay i don't d- want to get dismissed into, i don't so, want to yeah. get into the dirty details yeah. of it because but what you have to ask yourself is this is this the first of more at least on the campus at the university of tennessee it's not the first if you take what's happened in south carolina into account yeah i just don't want to see a situation where by jeremy pruitt allowing him to come back before the court date these are receipts that fans keep Mm-hmm. So the next time something like this occurs, what if it's a little bit more severe? What is that player saying in the in between the walls at the University of Tennessee? Of will you let Bryce do this? How come you know we should not allow the players or the student athletes to be really the jurors of what the punishment should be of said each said account? No, and then not only that, but if things do not improve, all of a sudden you have the fan base, which is you know Jeremy Pruitt. He shouldn't care what the fans have to say. He he should, but he shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These are just things that people don't forget. It's a slippery and it slope. just goes against him. Yeah, and so uh, you're exactly right. You know, fans aren't going to forget. Media is not going to forget, especially you know with Bryce Thompson in particular. And again, we'll move on. It's uh, a shame because I'm sitting here thinking right now, dude. Kenneth George Jr., Bryce Thompson. I'm thinking of all the incidents. I won't forget, even though it was so minor. Jeremy Banks. When it comes time now, two years from now, two and a half years from now, maybe something happens next year, all of a sudden it's, hey, let's recap. What's Jeremy Pruitt had to deal with since he's been here? See, I was, uh, when he came back to practice, you kind of got that feeling like, okay, so this is not going to be anything, or I don't think he let him back to practice. Now, didn't think he'd play against UCC, and he didn't. Didn't think he'd play against Florida. I, I didn't think he'd play until he was officially clear from that court date. But when he had, when he said that uh, he's going to be making the trip, it's like, well, yeah, he's going to play. See, I was with you there, too. I thought, this yeah. is perfect. Court date's the week of the bye week. Yeah. You, 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 he gets cleared Monday or whatever the issue is. He practices all that week, all the next week. He gets the rust knocked off. He's ready for Georgia. Yeah. But I was uh, when he said he was making the trip, I was like, well, he's definitely playing. But anyway, uh, that's I don't dismissed. recall seeing Banks in there for more than just a handful of plays. He didn't play a lot. He didn't. He he played special teams. Right. Um, I think he played a couple of snaps in the second half at linebacker. But I saw him in the second half. And I saw yeah. him on special teams. He he didn't play an awful lot. Um. Right. So anyway, I thought uh, Bryce Thompson. He looked really rusty and everything. Just the secondary as a whole, not a good day. And so in turn, we haven't brought up Warren Burrell yet. Remember what, how remember how much action and how much positivity he was getting in the fall practice. Oh yeah. And every time I see Warren Burrell, number four is either trailing a play or whenever he is slowing down, somebody's in his ear hole. He got the start. It was uh, it was Bryce Thompson and Warren Burrell that got the start to cornerbacks. I made note of that, but again, Lante Taylor played. I mean, it doesn't matter. All three of those guys are going to play a lot, an awful lot. Um, you know, when Bryce Thompson's right, he'll probably play every snap that he can. Uh, but uh, overall, the defense, because of the secondary's poor play, you got to give them a, like a D or an F. I mean, it's just how it is, and it, it's unfortunate. It's an F. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, uh, again. And I think they I, would even tell you what's better than, I mean, why a D? Just give us an F so we can just go ahead and, and yeah. you know, we got to work our way up. I thought Batuli and Henry Tuolto had Batuli had a really nice day. Uh, Tuolto had a good day. Uh, both those guys had eight tackles, but Batuli had two uh, sacks and uh, two TFLs and a forced fumble. 
that uh, Tua Tua recovered. So those two guys, tandem in the middle, I really like that. Uh, you move on. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and start out by doing this. Uh, you know, it's it's Brian Maurer came in, started the second half for Jared Garantano. We'll talk about Garantano's play. Ron Maurer came in, played the entire third quarter. It was three series. Garantano came back into it. But here's what Jeremy Pruitt said post-game about why he made the move and, and what was going on with that mindset at that point in the game. The thing about playing quarterback, right, um, you know, I, I think Jared's got lots of ability to be a really good player, okay? Um, and, I, and I've said that over and over. But there's times you kind of got to take the bull by the horns and, and say, let's go, you know? Uh, you gotta gotta be make some plays and <clears throat> you gotta have an impact on the people around you, you know. So and that's one of the things I've been talking to him about. You know, you've been around those folks, right, whether it's playing sports or in a room or whatever, that somebody's got positive vibes that, that makes you feel good and gets excited about being where you're at and what you're doing. So um, we, we, we we need a little bit of that, you know. We we made a few mistakes there, so we went with Brian. Uh and to get Jared a little bit settled down a little bit. And, uh, you know, Brian come in and done a couple of things. He had a really good drive right down the field, you know, and right there at the end he kind of threw a ball into triple coverage. If he throws it on the other side, it's probably a walk-in touchdown. So, um, you know, there, there's plays out there like that that we've left um, out there a little bit today and, and have in the past, which has hurt our production offensively. Yeah, you could say that the offensive production has been hindered by that quarterback position. That was Jeremy Pruitt post-game moments after the final horn blew and uh, why he decided to go with Brian Maurer uh, instead of Jerry Garantano. And, um, you know, at some point, it, I, I still think Garantano's the best option. I think he's more ready. I think he's proven it before, you know, put aside his horrible play so far, and especially in that game. Uh, at some point, you just need to say, hey, we need to try something else. Because, I mean, it was 17 nothing. Your team wasn't completely dead at that point. And so just why not try something else? And so I understand that move. And Brian Maurer, to his credit, came in. He completed his first two passes through a bullet to uh, Juwan Jennings. Uh, came down for, I believe it was a first down. Um, completed uh, his second pass to, I guess that was Palmer. A really nice throw Okay, so to Palmer. This, uh, got, got three points out of it, but again, it wasn't the best. This is where people are going to try to club me for this. Yeah, You thought that was a really nice throw to Palmer? Oh, yeah. See, I, I do. Now, I understand the, the coverage was really good. He put it high to the sideline side, only to where Palmer could get it. If he, if, if he underthrew it, it might be picked, but he didn't. When I watched it from a different angle, that looked like a ball that got away from Maurer, and he was trying to sling it in there, and it kind of got away from him. I could see by his eyes when he let it, because I showed the shot from the quarterback camera, and he went like that. I, I know this isn't working well for radio, but you, you see can see his release. You see him let it go, and if you instead of watching the ball or where the release is with his hand, if you watch his eyes, they get larger. Like that ball got away from me. What turned into a oh god moment turned into oh wow that was a pretty pretty that was a pretty pass. Yeah. It worked out, mm-hmm. and it ended up being where it needed to be. But when I first saw that pass, I went that one got away from him, and it got to Palmer. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's better to be lucky than good, mm-hmm. and that was just one of those situations that made you just say. Man, I wish Tennessee had 19 more of those to go to. Just those, oh, hey, look, even number, even number. Yeah, certainly. But, you know, after that, he went, after that completion, again, he started two for two. He went two for nine, and one of which was a ball batted down back to himself. Right. Um, you know, David Oven put, a, put up something. He, he charted all of his throws, Brian Maurer, uh, in that second half of play, and he put it up at the Athletic earlier this morning. And um, 
you go through and sometimes, you know, he doesn't scan the field. He's throwing to double or triple coverage when, you know, Jeremy Pruitt said it would be a touchdown on the other side. And again, that will come with time. I, I didn't think Maurer played good. Um, I think Garantano played better than Maurer, but that's not saying a whole lot. Okay. Um, but I do like that Maurer got in there. I like the confidence. I like the energy. I like that he got some reps. And, you know, moving forward, if Tennessee does decide to stick with Garantano as the quarterback, little little visitor behind you there, little Eric Gaines. See, we are in production room D right now, and a little VFL is going to pop his head up. What up, what What's up, up dude? guys? What are we doing? We're Nothing live, right? Oh, we're talking, okay. we're talking Brian Maurer. Nice. What, what do you think? Come here. What do you think? Sick about, tats, bro. What do you think about Brian Maurer? The Eric Gaines coming in. What do you think about Brian Maurer, his performance? Uh, not great. But what a tough situation to come in. Yeah. Through the cover two, rolled up interception, missed a guy, uh, did good on a couple RPOs. I think he showed that he's definitely worth uh, the, the situation's not too big for him. Mm-hmm. So with a bye week and then going into the Georgia week, you got to have, they got to get them both ready to play. Oh, yeah. And you got to let them both play. I don't know how that works, what the dynamic of that is. You kind of feel it out during the game. But I think he's he's shown that he's definitely going to need to, to play, you know, unless Jarrett finds a way to stop having catastrophic errors. Yeah, for sure. You know, he's got those three. If he could just eliminate those three to five plays a game, missing Dom, throwing the pick, not reading the invert two backside, a um, couple other passes in there. He unfortunately has zero margin for error, you know, yeah. zero room for mistakes. Mm-hmm. RDA, appreciate it, man. Yeah, so balls. <laughs> so uh, that is the VFL. <laughs> You gotta love. This is not live radio. We normally say live radio. This is a pocket. Cut that out. I'm not going to. But uh, if you cut that out, I'll cut you. <laughs> but uh, you know, Maurer comes in after that. He completes one pass to himself. He's two and nine. Um, I-, I think Garantano gives you the best chance to win. Having said that, and like Eric just said right there, get them both ready to play. If you go with Garantano as your guy moving forward, you can still There's have not an open competition this week. Then Jeremy Pruitt isn't doing both well, those both those quarterbacks any favors. There should be an open competition for every single spot on the team. I mean, you know, Jawan Jennings is going to play. You know, Callaway. You know, Palmer. You know, Batuli and Tuolotuo. You know, Daryl Taylor. Outside of that, open competition for everyone. I'll continue to say that Garantano gives Tennessee the best chance to win each and every Saturday. Same, but it just seems like he needs somebody breathing down mm-hmm. his neck, going. No room for error, as Absolutely. Just said, and I'll take your job if you would give me a small, small smidge to step and if, in. If Maurer outperforms him the, over the next two weeks in practice, go with Maurer. Absolutely. But I do think Garantano is still the guy, and I think they're going to stick with him. But having said that, if you bring Maurer in like at certain packages yeah. of plays, he runs the zone read a lot better than Garantano. Garantano doesn't do it. He can't. And you saw against UTC, they had a couple run plays specifically designed for Maurer. You get towards the goal line and yeah. in the, in the quote-unquote red area, as Pruitt says, you can roll Maurer out there and do that as well i don't want to bring this up to alarm anybody especially if they're listening to this right after we publish it here on tuesday morning but we've played four games we tennessee big mistake by me it's one of my biggest bugaboos and i just committed it tennessee has played four games college football has played four games we as college football by week for tennessee you just see the Derek king news for houston transfer portal we know how that has played. Anybody who thinks he's coming back to Houston next year, red shirting um, no. as of now. I, I said, I said transfer portal. Yeah. I misspoke. Red shirting, but for the transfer portal, today's the day or Wednesday's the day where you're going to hear about a lot of players who could enter the transfer portal and leave the program. Don't be surprised if it does happen. And again, I'm just letting you know 
you bring up all the talk about Garantano and Maurer. Let's keep in somebody from J.T. Shroud looking at the situation that's at hand right now in Knoxville, hearing all the Harrison Bailey news and buzz and thinking, I don't know if this is the best choice for me to be here at the University of Tennessee. A guy from I don't California. Know, I don't know anything. I'm not sitting here going, hit, hit. You might want to watch for it. Not doing that at all. I'm just saying, I think to an extent what I'm saying is hit, hit. I th- Look, there are going to be some Tennessee players that are in the transfer portal, plain and simple. All right? I don't believe one of them to be J.T. Shroud. But if there was anybody who might want to entertain it, I think Shroud might be one of the guys because it's clear right now it's Garantano, it's Maurer, everybody else, and then once the calendar skips to 2020, it's an, oh, hey, welcome to campus, Harrison Bailey. Coaches have to be so careful with what they say, what they do, because of this era of the redshirting and the transfer portal. You even had Dan Mullen last week, and it turned out – Emory Jones did play a little bit, came in, ran some packages, kind of like I'm talking about what I think Brian Maurer could do. But he flat out said, um, you know, I want to keep both of them. I don't want to lose either one of them. Um, yeah, the manager goes on top of playing time now in 2019. And, and Jeremy Pruitt, what did he say, two weeks ago whenever Maurer was going to go into the game, and he said, well, Maurer's not the backup quarterback. He put Maurer into the game first against UTC. Oh, we just we just wanted to run specific plays with Maurer. Well, no, he was the first one to go into the game. Okay, so you've got you know he can he can feed it all he wants to, and that's fine. He's trying to protect egos and all that too. I get all that, but at the end of the day, it is Jared Garantano, it is Brian Maurer, it is Harrison Bailey, who's not even here yet, and it's J.T. Strauss. You're right, and it's unfortunate. It's just part of it, though. There are more Tennessee fans watching streams of high school football games in Georgia but it seems like they are watching other SEC games across the state and across the region. I mean, look, I there have been a lot of hyped-up UT prospects that I can remember. I would do the same thing, even before Internet was as big as it is now. Yeah. I, it's been a minute since I, uh, that I can recall somebody like Harrison Bailey where Tennessee fans were giving play-by-play of each one of his snaps on Friday nights. So you and I both said that there needs to be an open competition at the quarterback position. Absolutely. We both are in agreement. We still think Garantano gives Tennessee the best chance to win. Uh, What did this head football coach have to say about it? He was asked about it uh, after the game. Spoiler alert. It's kind of of the same old, same old. But here's what Jeremy Pruitt had to say about an open competition at the quarterback position. Well, every position for us, I mean, we try to play the best players. Uh, The the only way you can kind of run a program is – it's a production-based industry, right? So uh, who, who competes the best at practice? Who plays the best the last game? You just kind of work on it. See, you know, I felt like last year in our bye week, we really improved as a football team. Um, and we, we got so many young guys uh, that are itching to play, but they're not hardly ready. Maybe in the next two weeks we can get some of these guys. And it will help us develop some depth. Uh, and competition a little bit, and then we got some other guys that are a little bit older that they need to they need to mature and learn and learn how to play too. So Jeremy Pruitt kind of saying what we're saying. He didn't flat out say that yeah, there's going to be an open quarterback competition. He said, well, it's going to be for the entire team. And I've said that numerous times. You know, 15, you know, five, you know, number one are going to be receivers. You know, both four and 81, Austin Poe, Dominic Wood Anderson are going to be your tight ends. Uh, you know that 11 and 35 are going to be your inside linebackers. Outside of that, every position, in my opinion, should be wide open. Um, and I think that's how they should attack this bye week. And so, again, I, Garantano, let's talk about Garantano's play real quick. Um, he turned the football. He was responsible for two turnovers. I keep saying, I kept saying Todd Chandler yesterday. It was Eric Gray on the screen pass, right? It was Eric Gray on the screen pass. Where the, it was the backwards lateral fumble that was a 
That was Ty Chandler. Was that Ty Chandler? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I was right. Um, the Chandler tried to catch up on his hip. Yeah. yeah, it was Chandler. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, again, the I drinks weren't flowing yet. Yeah, that was Ty Chandler. Okay. I don't think. I don't know why Jim Cheney continues to run that that play, much less to the short side boundary. I, he's ran that it, twice. It's been turnovers in, yeah. in in the early season. Two more times, it almost was a turnover. It could have been. And so I don't know why you continue to do that. Garantano, well, because you hope Garantano can start hitting them in the numbers. I put that on Ty Chandler. He was looking upfield. He needs to make that catch. It was, was, it, was it the worst? The throw? play against Georgia State, that's on Chandler. The play Well, the, against, the play against Georgia State, I would really put on Garantano because he threw it 100 miles an hour. Yeah, but at the same time. You got to make the catch. You if make you catch. watch it from the center field camera, when they see him turn, Chandler's eyes is all Chandler's eyes. He follows his hands down to his hips, and then before, he thinks the ball's coming in, and you can see him start looking upfield, almost like an outfielder does. He has his glove to the ground. He's approaching the ball, and he takes a peek away from the ball to see if the runner's rounding third to throw home, and then right under the emergency exit. That's how I view the three base error. That's how I view uh, what happened on Saturday. I feel like he started looking upfield a little bit before he secured the catch. That's on Chandler. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I feel like that's on Chandler. Um, there was a miscommunication with he and uh, Marquez Callaway, regardless of whose fault it was. I mean, there was an obvious miscommunication. I mean, he thought Callaway was going to be there, and, and literally it was just a blue shirt. That's on the quarterback. You got to put that on the quarterback. That's on him. Uh, the one to Juwan Jennings, make the catch, man. And, and, and Tennessee went after. I mean, Jennings, Tennessee went after Jennings like six times in the first quarter. He finished with what seven catches, seventy yards. He had a yards. great day, but the one yeah. thing people remember is what he should have done mm-hmm. on the catch. And what he did do whenever there was the 15 yards yeah. and he knocked over the yeah catch. that's just that's yeah it's just inexcusable but uh, the play right there in the end zone I thought was a good throw from Garantano threw it high went up there I mean hit him right in the face mask got to catch it so you know two of the three I just mentioned I'm not really putting that on Garantano what I am putting on Garantano is Dominic Wood Anderson that's a walk in touchdown I mean that was awful there that's, was nobody within eight yards of him that was probably the worst play of his career probably the worst play of his career, career. yeah Garantano has made a lot of passes he's done a lot of things i look at i have to go back and look at all the things it wasn't an interception or anything like it that was but. It, but but look at where he was when he threw the ball he had both he was throwing it off balance he, he i can't speak from experience because i haven't played the quarterback position position since i was in grass everybody's talking about footballs like dude i've never done that before so i'm not gonna okay. critique it <laughs> last time i played quarterback i was 11 years old yeah. i was at in skip yeah little okay, playing for the eagles and there's sometimes somebody is so wide open, you get so anxious, and you're just like, oh, just get out of your hands, and the rest is... Yeah. And then everything takes over, and it just floats on you. Yeah. And Garantano was being flushed, and he was off balance, feet were off the ground, and just think he could whip it in there. And it was just like, a little much there. Yeah. You got to yeah. play that, that you got to find that medium there. Not enough or too much. It's a baby bear's porridge, and he just overthrows him. I thought he was pretty sharp in the first quarter, uh, but then it kind of went downhill from there, but... So, I mean, Garantan overall, again, same mistakes, same mistakes, same mistakes. You're not seeing it get any better. And so you've got to make some type of move. You're going out, you, you bring Ron Mauer in there to start the second half. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be an open quarterback competition. We'll see what Tennessee decides to do. But here's the risky thing. I know a lot of fans have been saying, well, the season's lost. You're probably going to start one and six if you don't, if you don't beat Mississippi State. Why not just go with the young guy built for the future? Why not? And, and I understand that viewpoint. It makes total sense. It's one that should be talked about and discussed. Absolutely. But as Will West would say, you, you do that, you lose the team, and then you lose to a, a wide receiver playing quarterback at Kentucky. 
you know, what's to say Jawan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, Daniel Batuli, Daryl Taylor are going to play hard if Garantano's, it's widely known that Garantano still is the best option under center, but you're just looking for the 2020 season and playing, playing Brian Maurer. That's the risk that you're, you know, putting yourself up for if you decide to do that. I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to play the guy that he believes gives them the best chance to win that Saturday. I wholeheartedly, 100% believe that. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? What, you know, what, if you if you were sitting in the head ball coach's chair, what would you do in this situation? What you do is let me let me turn that question and ask you a question. As of right now, who gives Tennessee the best chance to win a football game? Garen Tanner. Okay. What did Brian Maurer show you in the short time we saw him three drives on Saturday that makes you believe? Okay, he can really give Garantano a run for his money. Bold. Not scared, um, decisive, but again, for when I say decisive, he was very reckless. Um, I think Brian Maurer has escapability. I think that you can do more things with him in the run game. You can, uh, you know, again, I mentioned zone read, uh, you know, just straight quarterback run plays that you see with Emory Jones, a little Kyle Trask. Um, I think he brings that element, but again, very decisive. He, as soon as he gets the ball, he sees his receiver, he's gonna throw and he throws it. And you saw it sometimes he threw it into double coverage. Uh, very reckless. Is Tennessee in position right now to throw caution to the wind? Yeah, you're one and three. Is your season lost? No, but you see who's coming up in the remainder of your schedule, at least through the month of October. Yeah. I ask you, is Tennessee in a position right now where it's, yeah, we've reached DEFCON 5, we've got to pull the plunger? No. Then Jared Garantano needs mm-hmm. to be your guy. Yeah. If I'm Jeremy Pruitt, look, your job isn't to let things get out of hand. Your job is to try to keep your emotions in check, watch the film, Trust the staff that you've built around you and go, is our job here to win football games? All right. Who puts us in the best position to win those football games? Because we need to know who the starting 22 are between now and October 5. I know that's very bland and that's very coach speak, and anybody can say that and be like, oh, look at Ivan's over here. But the point is, even as hectic as the season's getting, all the noise, the rattling outside of the walls of the hill, they're getting louder. All right. People are getting tired of talking about egg-on-the-face losses for the University of Tennessee. People are tired of clicking on national websites, and one of the footnotes or one of the the heavy-click links is about the University of Tennessee. Yeah, that stinks. And until there's something that happens on the playing field that makes things different, that's the way it's going to be. And it does not help if you go and make a knee-jerk reaction by putting Brian Maurer in a position he's not ready for just because you think Jarrett Garantano needs to sit down and think about things for a little bit. Again, I'll say this. Did did Brian Maurer outplay Jarrett Garantano on Saturday? No. Um, if you think that, I, I advise you to go back and watch the tape again. Uh, however, that's not but a comp- Eric, the only time they scored it was when Maurer was under center. To that, I would say, and, I, and Josh Ward said it on his podcast that I listened to yesterday, Juwan Jennings dropped seven points. Juwan Jennings dropped six points. It was a touchdown. So you're going to put that on Garantano? No. So, you know, oh, well, they only got points whenever Brian Maurer was under center. You had a touchdown down there that was Juwan Jennings' fault. So that's my counter to that. Um, So, again, that's not a credit to Garantano saying he outplayed Maurer because Garantano did not play well. Did not. Um, But still, he did play better than Maurer. But, again, there's some things you like from Maurer. I'll say this moving forward. I hate the two-quarterback system, and I I really hope that it's not something – all right, so Garantano, you get the first four series. Mauer, you'll get the next two, and then we'll go from there. I hope it's not that. Again, if Garantano is your guy and you have straight packages to roll in with Mauer, I'm for that because you've seen successful teams. We talked about it last week when, when Tennessee was preparing to play Florida. Remember Chris Leak? That's Kyle Trask. Remember Emory jo- Remember Tim Tebow? That's Emory Jones. You know they, those two played in 08, won a national championship. I think it's the only time I can remember two quarterbacks actually working in college you know, football. Very well, very well. But it has worked. 
uh, but they had specific roles. Chris Leak was the starter. Tim Tebow was his backup, but Tim Tebow came in and ran the Tebow package on the goal line, short yarded situations, all that stuff. So I think there's some things you can do right there with Maurer, but I hope it's a Garantano or a Maurer, you're the guy, you're the backup, whatever it is. I hate two quarterbacks. Like Whenever it was Clawson and Ainge rotating back and forth, Ainge and Schaefer early on in, in 04, um, you know, uh, Dobbs and Worley, whoever it may be, I can't stand playing two quarterbacks. Hate it. I just, I hope that's not the case. Where we're going to see more towards. of that happening now because of this whole transfer portal. Rule. I know. And you know, and the I shame is, is that it. people who complain about it the most are coaches. And guess who was the one who wanted it the most? The coaches. Yep. They created this own their own nightmare on this one. You squawk loud enough, eventually you got to adjust to the rules to a squawking baby, and nobody can enjoy it. Careful what you wish for, coaches. Running game was kind of shut down. Florida's front seven is very, very good. Um, I, I did think, and we'll just minor stuff here. I thought Tennessee's offensive line played okay. It wasn't horrible. Improvements. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. Improvements. Uh, it's, it's evident that Will Friend, Jim Chaney, and Jeremy Pruitt have the guys in there that they want to play. You want to play Darnell Wright. Yeah. You want to play Karon Calvert. Um, Calvert had to miss some time a little bit, shifting right out there, brought in Riley Locklear, who had two false start penalties. Uh, in that game in the I swamp. can't Tennessee get the right tackle position in order, man? I don't know. Hey, I, I agree Richmond. with what I agree with what Will West, who just walked by, said this morning. If Drew Richmond's here, he's your right tackle. And I said that in the offseason. If Drew Rich, should be. If Drew Richmond's here, I'm going to go back now. It's funny too because Will even told me he's like, you get a chance, go back and watch. You've been watching enough USC football. Have you not seen Drew Richmond? Now, fairness, wink. I'm not watching offensive line play when I'm watching Dude, Southern Cal I football. I completely forgot Drew Richmond was there when I watched USC on Friday night. Didn't yeah. even register. No, it did for Drew me. Reg- Drew no, Richmond. it did for me. Uh, like, there's a couple of VF. How do you play? When v- <laughs> again, not watching the offensive line. <laughs> I'm watching the scoreboard, okay? That, when VFLs leave, I keep notes of it. Like, when, like I've watched a couple Georgia games this year because of the big seed. I'm going to keep an eye on Eli Wolf. see how he's doing. Do you, you, cons- do you consider Drew Richmond Eli Wolf VFLs? See, that's a real sticky situation. That's a separate podcast. But To me, if you don't graduate from the University of Tennessee. Then you can't. Or if you have to, re- I shouldn't say graduate. If Tennessee was not your last team you played for, then you cannot consider yourself a VFL. Here's the reason why I say that. Like Alvin Kamara, he's a VFL. He finished his career. But like Eli Tennessee. Wolf, you can't say ball for life because he was a bulldog, bulldog in right. 2019. But, oh, that's so tough. Because it's tough. Eli Wolf came here. A lot of guys they have to years. A lot of guys' careers have to come to an end after a freshman or sophomore year because of injuries. And that's what he's doing VFLs. And he graduated from UT. And he's he, don't blame Eli Wolf one bit. I don't blame Eli Wolf one bit. By the way, he's having a hell of a year down there too. I would have uh, I would have got out of Dodge on the first train out. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's an interesting topic. I would love to talk to some VFLs. And uh, you know when people say um, Nathan Peterman VFL Nathan Peterman no no. He didn't graduate from UT. Nope. He transferred, went to Pitt, graduated. Which is hilarious NFL. because when I think of Nathan Peterman, I immediately think of Pittsburgh. Not one. Like, sometimes I have to remind myself Nathan Peterman was a quarterback at the University of Tennessee. Yeah, I, I, in I fairness, th- I was covering the Big Ten and Big 12 at that time, but then when I happened to be like, <clears throat> it's Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Every single time Nathan Peterman's brought up, it's a progression. I think ball, I think great at Pitts, and then I think, woo! Horrible in the NFL. It, it's that progression yeah, every single time. Paycheck, no, he is. Still collecting a paycheck. Is he on the active roster in Oakland? No, he got hurt. Um, I forgot what his Glennon was. is the backup, right? Glennon is Derek Carr's backup. Uh, Peterman got put on the IL, IR. I don't remember what for, though. You baseball guy, you. <laughs> got put on the IL. That's when I think of IL, I don't think of injured less. I think of internationally, AAA baseball. 
I, it's so weird. I just now started weaning myself off the DL phrase, yeah. IRIL, transfer portal, TP. It's just like. It's a funny time Christ. in sports, man. It is a funny time in sports. All right, last little bit here. I, I did think the offensive line was improved. Um, it wasn't great, but I thought uh, the quarterback problems were the quarterback and, and not really the pre- Now you can say, oh, batted balls, batted balls, batted balls. I mean, those ends were those ends were toying, especially yeah. with Brian Maurer, man. They were so good. Um, and you got to get those hands down. I, I hear you there. But um, Karon Calvert, I thought it was pretty tic-tacky, that 15-yard penalty he got. Trey Smith, hands to the face. face. That, that's, that is tough. Yeah. When you're engaged, and I've had it called on me as a linebacker, when you're engaged and your hand slips up there, that's tough, man. Um, but at the end of the day, Tennessee penalized seven times for 75 yards. Just drive killers. Absolute drive. And some of some of the best runs Tennessee had, you know, you talk about the running game. Tennessee only ran for 88 yards. You know, Eric Gray, Ty Chandler, 37 and 28 yards respectively. The, the run game wasn't there. Some of Tennessee's best runs were negated by those penalties. And it's unfortunate. So uh, you got to get that going. I, I thought the offensive line played okay. Uh, moving forward again, I thought the defensive line front seven was improved a little bit. I thought the secondary was horrendous, just absolutely horrendous. You got to close the book. You're one and three. You're zero and one. Another embarrassing loss to the Gators. This time, thirty-four to three in the swamp. The winning streak for the Gators in the swamp improves to eight straight games. Tennessee again. So frustrating. That magic phrase. That magic year. We're going to be here in about two thousand and three for the next two years until Tennessee um, has another opportunity. To do what uh, the Iceman last did in 03. Uh, on Saturday, the total days eclipsed since their last victory. I had it in my head. 5845. Five. Right. So stay with me. The game was played on September the 21st, 2019. Their last victory was on September 20th, 2003. The time between those two dates was. 5,845 days. So that means the next time Tennessee will get a crack of trying to beat Florida in Gainesville two years from now, obviously I can do quick math. It's going to be close to, not close to, it's going to be in the 6,400 range. It's going to be well over 6,000 days since the last time Tennessee won in the swamp. Will it be Brian Mauer? Will be the starting quarterback. Will it be Harrison Bailey? Would it be JT Shrout? Is it an unknown? It won't Harrison be. Harrison Bailey will be the starting quarterback next time Tennessee goes to the swamp to take on Florida. I mean, Garantano, unless he today, literally today, were to redshirt, got a medical next year, it won't be Jared Garantano. Oh, no, Garantano is not going to be. Here. I know. I'm just not only is he not going to be here in 2021, I'm but just he's thinking, not going to be here in 2020. I just you don't think so. You don't think so at all? Jared Garantano is Explain. Not... Show your work. We don't have time for this right now. No, no, no. We do. Just briefly. I. Why do you think Garantano won't be here in 2020? I think Jared Garantano is... No, no. Before you start, he's already graduated. Correct. So he is ready to ride. He can right. play immediately next year. Right. I think Jared Garantano is starting to hear it from the fan base here. I think Jared Garantano is frustrated with the constant exchange of offensive coordinators it's gonna happen again if you I, leave <laughs> yeah i think i think that even though him and pruitt really worked on the relationship over pie and cobbler and all that during the offseason it's a southern thing i think that Jarrett wants to go somewhere where he thinks he can win because it's his last crack at college football and Tennessee's not going to be in a position to win next year, at least something big. And who is to say that he goes somewhere that, I mean, obviously, he, there's nowhere he's going to go where he's going to be the starting quarterback where they're up for winning something then. But maybe he can go somewhere else 
he can go to the Big Ten. Maybe he can go to the Big 12, and he can find somebody he's comfortable with, and they can find a way to get him some playing time. I just – I could be dead wrong. Is this just a gut feeling or hearing whispers or no, anything? No, I think and... it's just a gut feeling that you hear all the – does Jarrett really want to go through the entire offseason of – Mauer pushing him this year, and then here comes Hotshot Harrison Bailey coming in as well. Probably and not. He knows that his court is as short as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. But do you want another new offense? Do you want another new coach? I think you know what. As a kid from Jersey, that would that be five and five. You know what though? That's I think insane. I just, I just call it a hunch. No, I mean I, it would make sense. People who hear that right now are just saying that says Ivan shooting off the hip. Call it a hunch. I'm I'm not dismissing it because I mean I, I if I had gun to my head right now I'd say no that won't happen. But it's certainly not out of the realm. I mean again he's graduated. He could play immediately. He I think he is getting frustrated with being here in Knoxville. I really do. What happens? What happens if Mauer takes that job from him by the end of the year? Yeah, he's gone. So well, I think I think your quarterbacks next year whenever spring practice opens up in 2020. It'll be an open competition between Maurer and Bailey. Mm. Or if Garantano is still here, he'll fight through the spring, and we'll find out. We'll hear about him. We'll hear about him transferring out shortly after spring practice. Doesn't that? And I know we're only four games into this thing, but doesn't that make you nervous if your quarterbacks going into next year are Brian Maurer and Harrison Bailey? Because Harrison Bailey looks Tennessee, great, and then Tennessee has a five and seven, six and six year. And then it's year three, and then you have to start making. You know, now twenty twenty is over, and you have to ask yourself. Well, then you have to fire your coach. Is Jeremy Pruitt the guy for the job? No. Now we're looking at twenty twenty one with a new coach. Can these quarterbacks make it? And then all of a sudden, it's yeah, it's the whole thing over and over again. Thinks that this is going to get better. I hope it does, and I. But it's going to have to start with Garantano and Jim Mm -hmm. Chaney. Maybe they they maybe they have to start from scratch. I'm not saying it completely just bulldoze the whole building. You've got to put a fresh coat of paint, rip up the floor, put new furniture in. You've got to give it that wow factor. And it that sucks makes too it look like that they're building to something. This 2019 class, I was talking with Will this morning. This 2019 class is good. The, the I mean, Tuo is going to be in the NFL one day for sure. I think Warren Burrell can, can be a good player. I think Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright will be great players. I think Quilveris Crouch, Chris Rump even talked about the quarterback low, saying, man, he has been playing so good he was a running back this time last year like this class is good um and man they're they're just gonna get better they're gonna get better but but the wins have got to come along because you know i love you know the 2018 class for jeremy pruitt really and in my opinion i mean it was tough because he had to salvage it he came in yeah i don't i don't i know it's jeremy pruitt's class i don't consider that yeah, jeremy yeah. Pruitt's class. you had to salvage it me a table friends with a brown bottle Jeremy Pruitt's first class was 2019, and man, what a hell of a class it was. Yes, exactly. And he's going to follow it up with maybe grabbing Bailey. I don't think Bailey waivers. I think Bailey's committed to the University of Bailey Tennessee. wants to be here. Yeah. Also, I, I again, why? I, because he knows he can come in immediately. He can come in. He can be. He can be the next Trevor it's Lawrence. Another reason why, when you ask me about Garantano, we'll see. We'll see. Like, I still. I would be so nervous if going into the next year. Dots in it's Brian Maurer, and it's. And it's Harrison Bailey, just because Bailey, you just don't know yet. It could be great, but the Mallards, like, I don't know. We're four games into this thing. But a lot of questions that need to be answered. A lot of questions won't be answered here on this bye week before Tennessee plays Georgia. 7 o'clock ESPN, October the 5th. Um, I'll leave you with this. Is Jeremy Pruitt's, this is kind of out of left field. But I just wanna, is Jeremy Pruitt your head coach through 12 games this season? Yes. Okay. Is Jerry Garantano your starting quarterback against Georgia at home next week? Yep. Okay. Two for two. I agree. 100%. Do you see Bailey play more than 15 snaps? Bailey. Getting ahead of myself here. 
Mauer. Injuries come into play? No. No. Okay. All right. Tennessee. I think Garantano is going to be, believe it or not, this is going to sound nuts. In, ten, in typical Tennessee fashion. He's going to light it up. <laughs> no, I don't think he's going to light it up. But he looks like an absolute doorknob out there against Florida. Yeah. Then you get a week to prepare, and it's just like, God, watch him just get hanging on a rack today against Georgia. And then it's halftime, and it's like, Tennessee, believe it or not, is still in this game. Garantano is not the reason why they're trailing by 10 to 14 points. Like, I could totally see the halftime score being like 28-13 and Garantano being like 14 of 18. 180 something yards, couple, uh, you know, touchdowns. A couple, two treat scores. I'm telling you, man. I, well, is Georgia going to blow the doors off that game? Probably. Probably. But it won't be by halftime. What's the line going to be? That's a really good question. See, I, I, I tried to talk it down Georgia to 24. Dogs. I tried to talk it down to 24 In Monday. Maryland. Okay, so look at the top. Okay, quick. Give me 10 seconds. Okay, you got 14 there. Then you got to add it, and then you got to do the 21, and then you do the three, so it's back to 18. But then they're with that. 23, I'd say it's 23 and a half. Really? I thought, you, I thought you said the other day that you thought maybe it's 28. 23 and a half, and the only reason why, but no, that's where I think it'll close. Okay. I think it opens at 23 and a half. People are like, that's way too low. You see it get bet up within like hours to maybe even 24 and a half by the next day, 25. People will push it back down to like 24-ish. And then you'll see people hit it hard in Vegas late money coming in that Saturday night. And they're just like, let's finish on a strong note. That sucker will close in the 27 and a half, 28 range. Gentlemen's Hour Podcast, Tyler Robbins, Eric K. No John Stancil here today. He'll be back with us next week. That's at John underscore Stancil, at Tyler Robbins, at underscore Kaner. Now that I think about it, this is going to be that Georgia-Tennessee game. You're going to want to jump on the line as soon as it opens. Because oh. I think that – I think. I think Vegas right now knows which way they want to lean, but they want to see where the public takes it. And this is what I'll say to the people out there who are like, I'm a betting guy. Vegas Vegas didn't get lucky and built all those billion-dollar buildings out there. They had to take money from the public, right? Let them open it. They let the public decide which way that the wager is going to lean, and that's when they start stealing easy money from people like us. You know, the Fat Jag joins our program, uh, our programming every Friday night at 11 o'clock. I, I don't know when you're gonna start doing your little your little thing. I, I thought that last couple weeks like yeah. I'm Here's what's weird. Here's what's weird. I feel so bad for the people out there because last week I posted my to the window picks and I listed the wrong number on my USC over under. Someone's like, ha ha, Ivan's busted by a half point. And the whole time I was thinking, I can't believe I'm gonna lose this by a half point. And then a buddy texted me is like, I can't believe you're about to survive. And I'm like, what are you talking? Wait a second, and I went and had to go back and check the app, and I was like, I'll be damned, I did get it at 53 and a half. So everybody's like, nah, nah, you're lying. And I'm like, check the timestamp on the ticket. So bad on me, I did completely blow the UCF game, but Baltimore plus six, they only lost by five. That line will open up for Tennessee uh, Monday of next week, and we'll have to see what it sits at for Tennessee and Georgia again, 7 o'clock ESPN inside Neyland Stadium. Best game of the week, keep an eye on Arizona State UCLA this week. Or Cal, Cal. 4-0 Cal at home against visiting Arizona State. Take a uh, Arizona State. Herm Edwards, man, the guy loves to cover. He might not win, but he loves to cover. That's, Fad- that's Tyler Robbins. Fat uh, Jack. It's Tyler Robbins. <laughs> Fat Jack without a mask on. Gentlemen's Hour Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Sports Radio, WNML.com. Enjoy your bye week, everybody. Take some time off. It's open for you to do whatever you please. We'll talk again next week. Another Gentleman's Hour podcast is in the books with the starting lineups, Tyler Ivins and Eric Kane. Chat with the guys on Twitter, at Tyler Ivins and at underscore Kaner. It's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on The Sports Animal.